0: non farm payrolls gave the hawks at the Fed the ammunition they wanted and bond yields have responded accordingly. Surely the RBA will be feeling the pressure too. They meet tomorrow, but when will they lift rates? Same for the ECB, who saw record inflation levels reported on Friday. And oil was heading down last week. We'll look at why that is this morning. China is still locking down. That might be part of it. Longer than expected, because COVID hasn't gone away, there or anywhere. And Ukraine, there is some optimism around, but really, Mistrust is growing, it seems. So, can we expect anything positive in that environment? It's Monday, the 4th of April, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the US dollar was up a little on Friday, but on the DXY, it was down almost 0.2% if you look across the week. The fall of the yen, well, that stalled middle of the week. It was up, but it was back on on Friday, the fall, that is, with the US dollar gaining 0.7% on the yen. The Aussie dollar got over 75 cents on Friday, but finished a bit below that and just a bit below how it had started the week. The euro, though... Well, it lost a quarter percent on Friday, but was still up 0.2% over the week. So really, currencies jostling for position last week. On the bond markets, 10-year treasuries were up four basis points on Friday at 2.38%. That's almost 10 basis points down on a week earlier, whereas two years were up 18 basis points, finishing at 2.46%. So another inversion happening there. And equities had a good finish to the week. The Dow is up 0.4%. Same for the Euro stocks 50. And the S&P and NASDAQ and FTSE 100 all up 0.3%. Over the week, equities were fairly flat, though. It's fairly fair, fair to say. And oil, well, that was definitely heading down. WTI was down on Friday and fell almost 13% last week, finishing below $100. Brent down almost as much, sitting just over 104 Dollars at the end of the week, and copper fell 1.3 percent on Friday. Aluminium also down. So we've got some interesting moves to talk about with Nabs, Rodrigo Catrill in Sydney. Maybe we should start with oil, Rodrigo, because we saw those big falls last week, uh, and yet you know we're seeing supplies down from Russia. We could see more sanctions happening. Uh, it seems, of course, WTI has fallen more than Brent because uh, Joe Biden is digging into his reserves. But even so, this is quite a big fall, isn't it? I mean, it's only 9% higher than it was before the uh, the Ukraine invasion. Um, morning, Phil. Well, well, I
1: suppose the, the dynamics from, from last week, uh, always the, the main takeaways, as you said, is Biden's contribution in terms of the uh, oil reserves. Um, now... Um, when when you look at or read and, and talk to experts, they, they talk about a, an oil market being you know short of around two potentially three million barrels per day. So one million barrels per day that is coming from the U.S. is significant in that regard. Um, the other the other factor, of course, has been um, that China has been slowing down because of COVID. So so that has been a, a, a you know a reassessment of of demand at least over the near term. Um, and then the other thing that we've got to remember is that the market has become very speculative so that increases the volatility and the ranges that we've seen in oil markets so for now it seems that the the decline in oil prices has been a contribution of these factors plus uh, a little bit of short covering by by some or rather uh, those longs speculative speculative longs that have been caught out by by this news um, but overall, I think that, um, you know, it seems reasonable to to suggest that the oil market will remain volatile uh, because of all these uncertainties. And the other thing that we've got to remember is that, you know, the market was already very tight before all this mess in the Ukraine began. Um, And then depending on your opinion of how quickly this Ukraine issue will be resolved and, you know, whether these sanctions will, re- will be removed, our sense is that the sanctions are not going to be removed, even if there's a, you know, peace deal signed tomorrow. Uh, therefore, this sort of, if you like, structural uh, uh, shorts in, in, in the oil market will remain here for some time. So we still think that it's reasonable to expect oil prices to remain elevated for an extended period of time.
0: Well, look, uh, as to how long Ukraine is going to last, those photos that we've seen, and we've seen a lot more of them over the weekend, uh, of the buildings destroyed, and then the pictures that are blurred showing people who've died. They're fake, according. That's the argument from the Russian Ministry of Defence. They say that they are going to great lengths to avoid civilian deaths, uh, whilst the West is, you know, calling it war crimes. Uh I can't see us having a negotiated peace in a hurry. I mean, the yeah, UN Human Rights Office is uh, saying it looks like Russia has committed war crimes. Antonio Guterres has called for an independent investigation into all of this. So, look, you know, there is even less trust than there Ever has been over all of this. I can't see anyone sitting around the negotiating table and uh, reaching an agreement anytime soon. Can you? Well,
1: no. But uh, there's also those reports on Saturday that um, one of the Ukraine peace negotiators saying that um, you know the talks in Turkey went well and that, that there is now a strong possibility that uh, Zelensky and Putin could meet soon uh, in terms to negotiate a peace agreement. So, um, so and again, I think the distinction needs to be drawn between. A ceasefire and and actually the removal of the sanctions and 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 to me, as you say, because of all the things that are happening and all the atrocities that have, that have been, um, uh, you know. Created in in the Ukraine, it's difficult to see any of those sanctions being removed, even if there's a peace agreement signed. Exactly,
0: absolutely. Uh, And uh, look, China uh, still in lockdown, so that's going to be continuing to hit uh, supply chains. Shanghai has been in lockdown, of course, for about a week. Uh, They were going to lock it down in two parts while they tested, uh, and the first parts were supposed to be able to the first part of the city was supposed to be able to leave their homes on Friday, but that's been delayed because cases are still going out. I tell you, this new variant is very infectious. The UK, who are, you know, thinking if you ignore it, it's going to go away, uh, they're finding now one in 13 people last week had COVID, uh, up from one in 16 the week before. These are by far the highest levels ever since the start of the pandemic. Now, obviously, people aren't, people aren't getting sick uh, from it, but uh, the hospitalizations are starting to increase. So COVID isn't over yet. And if China continues with its zero COVID policy... Then uh, we're going to continue to see uh, production numbers here, aren't we?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, at the moment, the big surprise, and again, you know, we might see a reaction in terms of demand for oil, oil as an example, at the start of the week, is that the lockdowns uh, in in Shanghai are, are probably going to be a, a more severe than expected. Um, as you say, the, the 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 virus still remains very sort of. Just expanding uh, at the moment in, in China and, and we shouldn't rule out lockdowns in other major cities as well. Beijing, for instance, at the moment remains open. So, um. So the, the, the risk that coming from China is that the impact from, from COVID, mm. given the, the strict measures, um, it, it's probably still going to be a little bit bigger than what we expect. So yeah. it's, it's certainly a theme to keep an eye on.
0: Well, look, if there's one takeout, one positive takeout from the UK where they are seeing those numbers race up, the R number, even though the numbers are climbing, the R number has fallen now. So that means the infection level, which means presumably those numbers are going to go down as quickly as they came. So it seems like, you know, perhaps the best thing for China would be for everyone to get it and get over it. Although, obviously, you know, they probably don't have have the same uh, health provision that they're getting in the West. Look, non-farm payrolls, that is the big story for the end of last week, wasn't it? Uh, new jobs were up a little less than expected uh, and quite a bit down uh, on February, but the unemployment rate is down as well, and that's what counts. So this is going to be a green flag for the Fed, isn't it? So, uh, And also we saw, uh, which is another indicator for the, the Fed to act, uh, average hourly earnings year on year, 5.6%, which is quite a bit more than expected. Yes, so, so uh, uh, I yeah.
1: suppose, even, even if you look at the numbers you here well hang on there's still you know there was 431,000 jobs created which is a very very strong number on its own uh, but certainly just below those expectations. But once you take into account the revisions, which were close to 100,000, then it still was a very solid report in that in that regard anyway. Um, but uh, as you say, given, if you remember, the, the average hourly earnings printed uh, at zero, um, which was actually revised to 0.1 uh, in the previous month. Um, so there was some concerns or maybe some, some suggestions that as more people have come into into the labor market or come back, uh, that we've seen a sort of a slow and in that sort of wage pressures, um, the, the the number that, that we got for the month in March, 0. 0.4, gives the sense that we sort of back to to the old sort of trend, uh, and therefore that there's nothing to to worry about that, and therefore that the labor market still remains very tight, uh, with wage pressures very much evident. Um, so place to the view that, that the Fed uh, needs to you know step up, if you like, that the, the 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 rate of hiking, and 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 now we've seen if you like a solidification of of expectations for a 50 basis point rise uh or hike uh, in in may as well
0: and we are absolutely seeing a response to this aren't we with with fairly sharp moves in bond markets on friday yes so i
1: mean you 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 mentioned at the open that that it's been quite an aggressive front end move in, in in us treasury yields and 18 basis points in the two-year part of the curve, uh, with only around four, I think, basis points for, for the, um, for the 10-year over the week. So overall, it's, it's, a decent flattening of the curve. So, so actually the, the 10-year treasury was rose by four on Friday, but declined nine basis points on the week. So overall, we've seen a big, big 27 basis point decline in, in, in the curve. Mm-hmm. So, and again, it's, it's, ended the week inverted, um, increasing their concerns around recession risk for for next year.
0: Yeah, (laughs) well that's going to be next year's big story. Uh, Look, so US ISM manufacturing, uh, that was out on uh, Friday, largely ignored because of all this excitement about payrolls but it fell to 57.1 in March from 58.6 the month before. So this was a lot less than expected and we saw new orders well down and manufacturing prices, this would be the worry, up from 57.6 to So we've got less stuff available at higher prices, which just adds, doesn't it? Another contributor to inflation.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the number at 57.1 is still very strong in terms of activity. Uh, The details, again, in terms of, you know, if you're looking for those inflationary concerns, prices paid shot up again by 11.5 points. Um, So that narrative in terms of price pressures and and concerns for the Fed is still very much there in the report although when you look at the details it, it was a mixed sort of match in terms of other 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 issues like as you say new orders and production fell as well so it's it's it's, it's
0: inflationary, but it's, it's not. The activity appears to be sort of slowing down a little bit. So that's going to make the U.S. factory and durable goods orders today interesting, then, isn't it? To see whether they're telling a similar story.
1: Yes, that's right. So uh, a little bit more focus in terms of what, what actually the activity is, rather than what these uh, indicators are telling us to, to expect. So so that will be interesting. But again, uh, you're probably going to need more than one data print to sort of confirm or increase concerns around that. Right
0: now, look, the ECB must be concerned, mustn't they? Uh, you know, they are. Are trying to hold off making a move uh, too quickly but look at the inflation numbers that we saw at the end of the week for march coming in at seven and a half percent a record record high way more than expected uh, so how are they going to react to this i mean they still think that they you know they're going to continue with qe until q3 uh are, are they going to try and bring all this forward you think
1: well there's a general sense that they they might have to um, and you know depending who you listen to um, they, they've got to do it very quickly like for instance um, the, the Bundesbank, uh, chief, um, called for, for an, an action, an imminent action, if you like, by, by the ECB. Um, but Philip Lane, who is the, the central bank chief economist, is still very concerned because of similar to what we've seen in, in England that, you know, they're concerned by the slowdown in the economy that is actually occurring because of this increase in prices, because of the restrictions in energy. So, um, they, they, they're kind of trying to play a more cautious approach to, to what's happening. But, Inevitably, uh, it seems that, you know, we have to have an increase in, in negative cash rates in, in Europe. The question is how quickly and how, how, how soon we, we're going to get that move.
0: Yeah. Interesting. We didn't see any rise in the euro, did we, despite those inflation numbers? But I guess uh, that's because the, uh, the US dollar was... Uh Responding to those payrolls numbers, probably. Yes.
1: So, if anything, the, the the combination of the data releases on Friday saw the euro go down on on the day. Um, but uh, you know, as you say, it was that that contrast that you know, the euro it's not going up just yet, given all 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 the. Troubles in the economy Whilst uh, the dollar still remains well supported Given, you know, Fed rate hike expectations And
0: you mentioned uh, the the situation in the UK So Andrew Bailey talking today um, He does seem to be going more the way of the ECB Than the Fed, doesn't he? But, you know, they are forecasting inflation At 8% in a few months But they've got, uh, you know, a a GDP rate for Q1, which is likely to be zero. So, um, you know, how do you slam the brakes on an economy that's already stopped?
1: Yeah, I suppose the distinction here is that the Bank of England has already hiked. Um, They're they're more talking about the, the need to maybe pause and see how things go. Uh, whereas Europe is a little bit behind in that sense, that they probably need to hike given given inflation is rising and the challenge that the economy is likely to slow down.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Now today, Australian job ads. We know there's going to be lots of them, but mm-hmm. perhaps more interesting is the RBA tomorrow. Who are already seeing unemployment ahead of their forecasts. We've spoken about it. So will they raise rates? Well, they won't do it tomorrow, but they must be feeling the pressure a bit to announce it. Uh, maybe in a you know couple of months' time.
1: Yes, our sense there is that it's it's probably time to start tweaking a little bit of like that guidance. Um, you know, they the need to start kind of opening the door that a, a rate hike may be coming soon, rather than might be probably possible. You know, uh, the language needs to change and needs to reflect. Uh, the improvement in the data, which has been a lot stronger than expected, and and it's happening. The improvement is happening sooner than than expected.
0: So have they gone will... as far as possible? I think they've just been at plausible, haven't they? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, you know, possible is a whole new realm that they haven't ventured into yet. But yeah, I mean, where are, when, when are they going to tell?
1: Well, us? that's what we expect tomorrow in terms of uh, no no hike at all tomorrow, but certainly a change in the language, which will be important and will open the door and highlight and maybe the risk now are more balanced or something along those lines or, you know, that we need to start thinking about the possibility that uh, rate hikes are coming soon. All
0: right. Well, it's the story all over the world, isn't it? Well, almost all over the world, uh, with the exception of China, of course, Um, uh, and one or two other places. But we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And you know what? In central bank speak, it is plausible that we will be back tomorrow. In fact, I'll go as far as to say we will definitely be back tomorrow. How about that? I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Uh, See you in the morning. Have a great day.